his first run and a good one. Williams outside, 15, keeps his feet, and Williams finds the end zone, and he is in for a touchdown. On second down, here's a toss. Here is Lucas. Jalen Lucas, that great speed, keeps his feet inside the 30. Lucas, 10, 5, touchdown, Indiana. It's Henderson cutting back and finding the end zone. Touchdown, Indiana. Welcome to the LEO podcast presented by Big Banter. This is not your host, Michael Bragg. He is at some show somewhere doing something that I couldn't be less interested in. But what I am interested in is doing this podcast with producer Seth. Don't block him. He's, you know, the Purdue, he's down, but the Bears are up. He needs us. He needs us, so let's be here for him. You can find him at at Seta5, that is S-E-T-A-H-5. What up, Seth? So I did the thing. You did the thing. You, you set out your roster. You're in a really close fantasy football matchup, and you're like, you, you oh, roster baited. Holy smokes! I'm I, I'm I'm one in three. I can potentially get to two and three and, and save my season a little bit here. And uh, I took a little bit of a nap Monday afternoon. I was tired. I'm old. Yeah. yeah. I missed the text, the alert that Aaron Jones was out. I needed him to get seven points to win. I get a text at 825 from Bragg saying, thanks for the win, I guess, like question mark. So, yeah, and it even sucks that it's Bragg. Yeah, that's, that that's 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 the worst part. So, so you're I, one and four I, I right sold now. off everybody. Yeah, you're one and four. Um, I don't know if you should have did that. This is from at Yahoo Fantasy. You ready for this? You're one and four. You still have a 10 percent chance to make the playoffs. 10% chance to make the playoffs. Early Brando's Randos. Does IU have a 10% chance to go bowling? Who has a better chance? Seth's fantasy team to make the playoffs or IU to go bowling? Oh, boy. You'd really have to analyze my <laughs> roster and the amount of IR players I have right now. <laughs> I'd um, say it's IU. IU has a greater than 10% chance. Yeah. I, I, I don't think it's much higher. <laughs> I mean, maybe... 20 percent but you have a 10 percent chance no i don't i don't that's that doesn't apply to me i'm not in that i'm running that lucky (laughs) time i can tell you that right now all righty well you know who could be lucky that is all of you listeners because our website and store is live t-shirts and stickers we still got them it's still 25 percent off and not this saturday next saturday when we're it's beautiful it's homecoming Buy your merch, stop by the tent, take a shot with Bragg, and get your gear. Um, as you know, our podcast or our uh, tailgate will be there. Flag or Bragg will have his flags up. Um, he's got an IU and Arsenal one, right? Isn't yeah. that, isn't that what, what he what he flies? Um, so buy your merch, stop by the tailgate, get your stuff. If you don't want to do that, pretty lame. Um, but what you should do, you should follow us. Um, we're on Instagram. We're on threads. Uh, Seth does about 99% of our Twitter. It's not X, it's Twitter. Um, and guys, you can still be the 100th follower. Like, it's, it, you could be it. You could. I don't recommend it, but you could unfollow and refollow. I'm just saying, play that game. If all of you play that game, who knows? 
go get crazy. I'm not sure that's the way math works. Um, but we also have our Patreon. We, we've, we've had a few people trickle in every week. It's been great. You guys have gotten ad-free podcasts. Um, we got some exclusive podcasts and other content coming up here soon. Um, in-season reviews, player intros, um, as well as I can't pull this off. I'm going to read from the teleprompter, as well as other ill shit. Um, I don't think I I couldn't say that and make that sound cool if we wanted to. Yeah, Bas- um, but- basically, like remember those little interviews we have? Imagine if those just went away and they went behind like a little Patreon paywall. Yeah, that that may happen here soon. We'll Commits, see how that goes. Players, uh, possibly media people, and we had uh, who was the indie star guy last Kiefer? year? Was it Kiefer? Kiefer. Kiefer. Kiefer's on. He's real good friends with Bragg. Um, so again, that's that's the kind of stuff we'll put out for Patreon members. If you're not a Patreon member, you get stuck with me and talking me, <laughs> getting <laughs> talking game number six. Who are we playing, Seth? It's the Wolverines of Michigan, <laughs> Ann Arbor. It's Mister Portnoy himself. Um, do you think he'll be at this game, Big Noon? Of think? course. I think he, Portnoy will be there. Yeah, if there's any kind of lights, camera, or action around, that's where that's where big uh, big Portnoy likes to be. Yeah, um, they're six and zero, and um, who could have seen they, it coming? They have had to have the easiest schedule of all time. Um, ECU thirty to three, UNLV thirty five seven, Bowling Green thirty one six, Rutgers thirty one seven. Closest game they've played. Yeah. I mean, Rutgers is probably the best team they played, honestly. Um, Nebraska, 55 or 45-7. And then Minnesota, 52-10. Minnesota looks awful. Just awful. Their quarterback's garbage. Um, Minnesota's down bad. Um, When is it? I already mentioned. It's a Saturday. It's big noon. Um, If you have YouTube TV, if you watch through Hulu, they have been advertising the heck out of this game. Haven't you seen it 4,000 times? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Which is great for IU. Maybe. Um, <laughs> the lines come down, Seth. Can you believe this? Down a point, people. Betting IU. Is that, that's how it works, right? When money comes down, money's flowing in. Yeah, I think this is one of the illusions where they played down for those first three weeks against those non-conference teams, and those are actually the closest games they've had so far, except for Rutgers. Um and now that they're even going on the road in the Big Ten, they are just demolishing people. So I think it's a little bit of a finicky line, um, but still, it's a big line. It's a big line. Over under 45. That's weird. So if Vegas thinks Michigan's winning by 34, right? I mean, this they one's think- going down, too. This one was up uh, was yeah. 46 earlier in the day. So, like, I'm not a math major, but Vegas thinks this is probably something like 34, 35-10, right? Mm-hmm. 35-10. Just, just keep that in mind when we do predictions here. Um, the series, 61-10, IU has won one of the last three seasons. Okay, anything <laughs> else to cover? He always in- likes to add a little optimistic uh, you know, line whenever he can. He's trying. He's trying to paint positivity. Um, let's talk about the coach. Um, Mike, I'll call him the first one. His nickname is Captain Cu- Captain Comeback. Do you want to? You want to give the other nickname 
that Brad oh. Brad gave him. He rips on me for having these too, but those Lululemon khakis are they're comfortable. I mean, they're expensive, so I don't, but they're I don't breathable. Have, it's great. I don't have the I don't have the khakis. I have the joggers. Ooh, I have two yeah. pairs of them. They're male leggings. Yeah, like it's, they're great. It's literally, all I want to wear are my Lululemon joggers. Yeah, I'm wearing my knockoff Adidas ones right now because I mean, you can only afford so many pairs. Let's be real. Oh yeah, yeah. Two two is probably I overextended my budget with two. To be honest, and it's sweat know. season. Oh, it's so good. Uh, he's in his ninth season. Um, seemingly having probably the best season he's ever had. The best outlook. It's going to be all about how he how he closes, right? I, I mean, I, this team is built for a championship run. If anything other than them being in the final, you know, what is it like mid January is going to be a letdown for him. Every single thing. It's all an appetizer. He has two games circled on the calendar. It's Penn State. It's Ohio State. And then, you know, the Big Ten. <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing because whoever from the Big Ten West they have to play, you know, if they ultimately beat Penn yeah. State and Ohio State. This is a team geared towards that final four. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think we saw Maryland ain't it. No. Maryland ain't it. Um, Ohio State played terribly in the first half. And then as soon as they played in the second half. Cruz. Cruz. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, they do have. Uh, I'll, I'll have a little bit in Brando's Randos here. They do close out um, with uh, with Penn State, Maryland, and Ohio State. So Maryland is kind of the, you know, um, sandwich game. Yeah, yeah, trap kind of trap game. Um, but we'll talk about that later. Um, their offense is kind of weird. Yeah, um, fifty-one total offense, and when you play that schedule, it's a little concerning. Um, now they're super efficient in it. They're, they're, they're scoring 37 points a game. They're the number 17 scoring offense. Their red zone numbers are through the roof. Their uh, third down numbers are through the roof. But their overall yardage, um, you know, a little bit of a slog going full field. Are, are you surprised by that? No, that, that's, that's Jim Harbaugh to a T. He is the guy who will take the ball, take the air out of the ball in the third and fourth quarter and run the ball and let the clocks roll. So they don't do, if you are an over under guy, they are an under in the second half. Most of the time, um, because they love to have those 10 play 78 yard drives and really demolish and, and, and really eat away at a team. Um, so that's why a lot of their players, as we run through them, they're not going to have huge stats. They have a couple of guys who have astronomical touchdown, uh, counts, um, but they spread the ball out to, Everybody, they have four or five running backs they can use. They have five or six pass catchers that they can interchange. So they don't really have guys who I think are really necessarily going to be huge pros either. I don't see Blake Corum being an all pro in the NFL. No offense. I don't mean anything against him. He's a great NFL running back, but uh, or great NCAA Uh, running back. But, you know, I think these guys are a collection of very good college football players. Yeah, no, no, I I agree with you. Um, JJ McCarthy, um, again, extremely efficient 77 yard completion percentage uh 13 yards not overly much for for being six and oh i mean that's barely over 200 yards a game um 11 touchdowns that's not even two touchdowns a game um showing showing his little bit of wheels with seven yards a carry um and, and three rushing touchdowns um but i was ready to coronate jj uh, mccarthy before the season 
not a lot of wow plays. From yeah, so I would have thought he would be in the top five of the Heisman candidacy. And he's probably still in the top 10 or fringe candidate, but um, I expected him to really be kind of the, yeah. uh, the you know, the Fox, you know, l- you know, heralding him as the Big Ten representative early in the season. And he hasn't really taken that mantle. Nope. Um, let's jump to their uh, running and, back core. So, sorry, that's not a, a slight against him. It's just that, you know, he. I, I, yeah, I, I had astronomical. I, mm-hmm. I said he. He was going to be the guy I fall in love with this year. I have not. Not there's been too many Big Ten quarterbacks to fall in love with. Um, I mean, other than other than your boy Drew, I was gonna say I still um, buy that hype. But I mean, outside of Tolly and Drew, kind of a rough season for Big Ten quarterbacks. Yeah. I mean, we know what's going on at Michigan State, at IU, at Purdue, at Iowa, at Nebraska, at Minnesota. I mean, Mordecai's shown it here and there, but I even think he's been, I bet if you ask Badger fans, they've been a little disappointed with Mordecai. Um, who's the third best quarterback? Don't I was probably going to say McCord. I was probably going to say Mordecai. I saw him in person at, in Purdue and his ability to scramble when he's on yeah, <sighs> made Purdue look silly. Um, I don't know if he can do that against kind of the higher tier Big Ten teams, but yeah. at least against them, he, he could. Um yeah, I mean, Altmaier looks awful. The Cord's probably still fourth or fifth, though. I mean, he's he. You say he's not top three, but he's not. He's not too much farther down. I mean, just because of look what you got, right? I was gonna say it's. We said I said this in a in a tweet a couple of weeks ago. I said this is what a. Uh, the face is a nine, but the rest is a three. Like that's what this league is. They have three yeah. teams who are the face, real real nice up top. And then everybody else is just kind of flabby, saggy, bad personality. You know, like there's just something wrong with them. They got a little bit of stank on them. And that's what the Big Ten is this year. Uh, who's the moobs? Who's the moobs? Is it Nebraska? <laughs> I was going to say that at Illinois, but that might be an unfair uh, association <laughs> with Billima. So I don't want to. Uh, um... Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> That's a good I don't line. want to shame anybody because I'm not exactly spelt myself. So, um, but yeah, let's talk about the running backs. Let's yeah, can we talk I, about I, these I, guys. I, I know. I want, I want to go back real quick because okay. I'm, I'm fascinated with lists. I'm, I'm this guy that I get sucked into lists and, and I'm biased um, here. But where does Taven fall in that? Well, I remember the list they produced at the start of the season. I he's, think a, they he's, had a, he's at, above Noah Kim for sure. Well, is he even starting anymore? No, he didn't finish it. out the last two no. two games. I thought he's he's above whoever's taking snaps at Northwestern. I'm blanking uh, on Bryant, uh, Ben Bryant, who was at Eastern Michigan and Cincinnati twice before now. Jeff, Jeff Sim Jeff Sims has been benched. Right? Uh, it's uh, Heinrich Harburg. Yeah, who was tight end before that? I mean, just by just by elimination, he's got to be somewhere between eight and ten, right? Yeah. I mean, I can't, I can't really passionately argue against that. It's there's nobody who's like getting me excited in any kind of way. You know, hump <laughs> day. All right, um, let's jump. Let's jump to the running backs. Blake Corum, ten touchdowns. I mean, it's very possible he has a twenty touchdown season. I mean, shoot, he get three or four. Yeah, on Saturday, um, he's number one rushing touchdowns in the country. Now, Bragg has an interesting stat here. He thinks this Donovan Edwards. Now, he must be getting mop-up duty, which I don't watch Michigan games in, in mop-up duty. 
I've barely seen this guy play. Yeah, so Donovan Edwards is, is the change of pace back. He's a really good receiving back, and he also does some gotcha. really good things. Um, but the problem is, or sorry, not the problem, the benefit that Michigan has is they have a third back, too, and I'm forgetting his first name, but it's Mullins. Uh, and he's like a 240-pounder, just a big old hawking hoss of a guy. And he's yeah. the guy they run a lot in the late in the third and late in the fourth quarters to really, you know, those three-yard runs in the beginning turn into seven- to eight-yard runs with this guy at the end of the game. So that's why I say when they're – they're really spread out from a production standpoint and he's a really good running back. And next year, if he gets to have uh, kind of a year where he's the lead back, he'll definitely excel. Uh, but they have a really a weird three headed monster um, that they use effectively and differently. Uh, you know, <laughs> kind of the way we talk about the IU team, we're like, Hey, we want to put these players in ways to take advantage of them. Um, they really do take advantage of their players. They get quorum involved early and often they use Edwards as a change of pace back. And then late in the game when they're up by 25 and they need to take the, uh, the, uh, the minutes off the clock, all of a sudden it's Mullins time. Mullins time. Uh, I remember when it was Mullins time at IU. <laughs> uh, let's jump to the wide receiver room. Um, but real quick. What about the wide receiver room for Michigan in the pros? Nico Collins is becoming a stud, and you can't get Ronnie Bell off the field on the 49ers. I mean, all the weapons that the 49ers have, and it seems like Ronnie Bell makes two or three plays a game. No, you're absolutely right. And and I've been benefiting as a Brock Purdy owner uh, from all the weapons he has out in San Francisco. That is a plethora of riches. You talk about a, like a Michigan offense where you can go to six, seven, eight different receivers. It feels the exact same way in, in San Francisco uh, on that. You know, I mean, Kittle even gets overlooked from time to time. And then all of a sudden he has a three touchdown game. Uh, was it Monday yeah. night or su- Sunday night? It's my first time ever owning Debo Samuel, and he's a roller coaster. Yeah. I mean, he, yeah. I was not ready for the Debo Samuel experience. It's 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 not fun. Um, On the good speak- days. Oh, God. On the good, good days. <laughs> the good days. Um, uh, They have two guys that are going to go pro. Um, And Roman Wilson, the guy is just a touchdown magnet. Uh, eight for the year. He has 22 for, for 382. Again, 22 for 382 doesn't jump off the page. Um, I mean, again, that's that's about 60-some yards a game, uh, but it's a eight touchdowns. Um, he, he knows when to make plays. And then Cornelius Johnson's just a unit, like just an absolute, like you, NFL is falling in love with, in love with big receivers, and uh, Cornelius Johnson fits the bill. Yeah, absolutely. He is exactly what they're looking for, and he's excelling in the game now. And they're, they're again, plethora of riches where they have freshmen coming in who are, you know, <laughs> who are ready to be those next players. Um, I think it's what Frederick Moore, Carmelo English. They have all of these guys who are just waiting for time. Samaj Morgan, I think, is another one. You know, they are so deep at all of these at all of these positions. It's it's really kind of embarrassing. Yeah. And and the offense isn't even the good part of this team. No, it's the defense. Like we just spent what probably eight minutes on the offense. Um, I mean, guys, this is an all-time defense. Like, oh, and by the way, they have two NFL tight ends and probably three or four starting, uh, not start. Sorry, at least NFL prospects on the offensive line too. We're just yeah, gonna ignore I, those for the time being, though. I mean, I love defense. You love defense. Um, they're allowing teams a touchdown under a touchdown a game, Un- under a touchdown a game. Um, IU is a sometimes a touchdown adverse team. 
Um, this defense, uh, and again, you you can cover the players. It's the whole team. I mean, it's literally the whole team. Yeah, it's a little bit of uh, I, I can't remember that's the uh, up at Penn. They used to call their defense the Wild Bunch. I don't know if they still do. They probably still do. It's one of their traditions. Um, that's kind of how I've always uh, how I've seen this Michigan team. They don't really have those superstars. They don't have the Aiden Hutchinsons. They don't have like kind of the uh, Devin Bush, couple uh, couple guys like that. They've had them recent years, um, but they have Junior Colson and they have Mike Sanistrel. And Mike Sanistrel used to be a wide receiver, but they were so just deep. He's like, oh, yeah. the last three years, I'll be a DB. Um, and those are two guys who I expected Bragg to put on the outline um, because both of them are probably going to be pros, probably going to be, you know, day one, day two picks. Um, but they just have athletes up and down the up and down the roster. We don't even need to talk, talk about them. These are yeah, all they, four so and right five now, star recruited guys or transferring in from programs that were, you know, stars or elite players at those programs everywhere up and down the two deep. So they have the, right now. Um, pro pro football focus has Chris Jenkins, um, as first round pick mm-hmm. number 20, number 22 overall, they have Rod Moore 66. Um, mm-hmm. so beginning a third, uh, at safety, they have, uh, junior Carlson as a fourth rounder. They have Mike Sandstrill defense, another DB as a fourth round pick. Okay. So maybe it's a day three, but yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. But still, I mean, that's yeah. four guys going in the top four rounds. And then I look at their twos and their threes, and all of them are four, four and five star guys from the last two recruiting cycles who would be starters on pretty much every other Big Ten team that isn't Michigan's uh, Penn State or Ohio State. So that's that is why I think they absolutely obliterate, absolutely obliterate Ohio State. I wouldn't be surprised from what I've seen so far. Ohio state is a little bit of smoke and mirrors. They have a little bit more temperamental. Um, you know, they don't know exactly what they're getting from the quarterback position week in a week out. And I get the impression that Michigan state is on a business trip every single week. And it is, they are trying to manufacture reasons to get angry at people. You know, uh, we can talk about Jalen Lucas and his little, you know, bullets and board material, whatever little slights they think they're going to be able to use to their advantage. They're going to leverage Jim Harbaugh is, and it pisses me off to no end. Um, he's the ultimate. Nobody believes in us. Okay. They were ranked in Kirby second, smart second in Kirby the season. Smart. They were ranked no lower than second in any big 10 poll. You know, it's like, who the hell do you think you are to try to leverage this position that nobody believes in you? Hey, Jim, we believe in you. Okay. Don't you, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know how to tell you any other way, mm. you know, but yeah, <laughs> but whatever acts you need to grind to, to get these guys sharp, you know, do what you got to do. Um, but the truth is, this is a team that's built for the playoffs and, and IU is a team that's scratching and clawing, uh, f- you know, for, a for a win. A, oh yeah. I was going to say for a bowl appearance, but yeah, absolutely for a win. Um, and so it's just two teams on two different levels, um, you know, hoping for very different outcomes. I'm mean, sorry. Because... I shouldn't say that. one team's hoping for an outcome. And one team's expecting an outcome. I mean, honestly, the last time you felt good about IU was second half Louisville. And that seems mm-hmm. ages ago. But there's hope. There's hope. Don't don't you do this to me. We've Thanks. had a week off and you've allowed it to kind of blunt yourself. I have. We're so excited. 
you are seething with anticipation for the hope and optimism of what not Walt Bell might bring. You didn't even care what the (laughs) name was that came after it. You were just like, oh, not Walt. Sweet. Let's roll. And I want more of that from you. Where's that excitement at, Brandon? I know. You're, you're still telling me seven to 10 points. That's what we're going to expect. Seven to 10 points. This, I'm going to tell you something. All right. So who it, you watch? Tell me who this you is, watching that. I'm who, watching Jalen Lucas. He talked okay. a big game. He's got to back it up. You can't <laughs> give these guys bolts and board material and then go out there and play and get, you know, seven touches for 17 yards you have to go out there and you have to show up you have to say hey i'm a sophomore at iu we say we have the same type of athletes as you do well prove it buddy that's what you got to do i normally say who's the b guy because they're not going to let the main players beat you no this time he opened his mouth he's got to show up and he's got to play yeah yeah I, I i don't disagree so i i had a caveat here because I, I i i do this no- a lot I answer a question without an- or I answer a question without what the question really was. <laughs> so I have what players are you watching on the offense? My answer, Seth, the offense. Well, yeah, I mean, so I want to see Taven throwing the ball downfield. I want to see Taven not running the ball. I want to see Jalen not playing running back. I want to see Cam out. Uh, I want to see targets. For Cam Camper, I want to see plays in the middle of the field. This is what I'm going to be watching for. Um, So, yeah, is that a cop-out answer? Yes, I'm going to be watching everybody and nobody because, for me, this game doesn't matter on individual performances. This is give me faith that an offense is going to be ran. I need 10 to 12 outside-the-pocket throws for Taven Jackson. We're talking rollouts. We're talking bootlegs. We're talking those play play action kind of move the pocket that aren't really true rollouts, but they're kind of mini rollouts where the whole line moves over. That's what I expect to see. Some kind of getting him to use his option, you know, illusion of his legs to benefit his arm. 100%. 100%. And then for defense, um, I have one guy um, for me. Andre Carter, he will show he's a pro in this game for a reason that you mentioned probably 60 to 80% of their line will play in the NFL. Eventually Andre Carter, this is your chance. If you can put up some highlights against Michigan, that's what the scouts are going to watch. They're not going to watch you feast on Indiana state. They're not going to watch you feast on, Akron. Now, what they're going to watch is how you do against other pros. So Andre Carter, this is why you came to IU. This is why you left the Mac to come play against NFL caliber football players. Let's see you stud. This is a contract tape game. This 100%. is the difference between a four year, you know, semi guaranteed rookie contract where he's getting, you know, four to $6 million because he's in the top 48 picks or, you know, he's on a pretty much a year to year, you know, one point yep. two million dollar deal. This is the game that cements whether or not, you know, how what which of those scenarios plays out. Yep. Uh, yep. And, and you're absolutely right. It's a high pressure game against elite competition. So this is the stuff that you want to see, you know, Mel Kaipa Jr., you know, putting up the reel of this game uh, on that Thursday night or Friday night. 100%. Couldn't agree uh, more. Uh, my guy is Noah Pierre. 
Um, and I put it because I think he's the guy who's most impactful in the run and the pass game, or I shouldn't even say the, uh, the pass containment game. Um, because he's such an effective blitzer, he has to be controlled in the way that he blitzes. He has to be able to maintain outside leverage because J.J. McCarthy can run. He can threaten to run. So you really got to keep that outside leverage, move him back inside uh, where the you know where the secondary defenders can really come and rally up and stop him. Um, but at the same time, he's also going to be effective in coverage because the way that Michigan loves to beat you is kind of these long developing pass plays, the long, deep crossing routes, the inside wheels, the outside wheels, and these kind of, you know, slow developing. And of course they love like the, the screen game too, very effective screen games. So Noah really has to know when he can leverage himself in the pass game, when he has to be for run support, when he has to be in kind of pass rush contain. So all three of those phases, he is integral and, you know, how he plays, I think, is going to go far, and uh, uh, how IU ultimately fares. When he's played well, the defense has played well. You've gotten A plus, I don't know, A plus. You've gotten A level play out of Andre Carter and Aaron Casey all year. That hasn't really been a barometer for how IU defense has played. When Noah Pierre's played well, the defense has played well. Um, so I, I agree. I agree with you. I agree with you there. Yeah, I, I'd throw um, a Lou Moore in there too, just because he's sure. uh, effective as a playmaker, forcing turnovers. But yeah, I'd say those two guys are are really the big barometers. Yeah, you know what can be a barometer for you, the Monon Track Club. Um, that's our that's our sponsor here on this podcast. If you're new, if you if you're not new, you know MTC is Indiana's running brand. It's built on a deep love for the sport and the Hoosier State. It's getting cold, guys. It's getting cold, so you're not out playing basketball. You're not out doing yard work. You're not out sweating it out under the sun. You got to find something to get yourself out there and active, and that is MTC. But it's not just for running. They craft products, create experiences that aim to celebrate and support Indiana's running culture. Check out the link in the show notes for more details on their club runs, guys. Their club runs are awesome. They created a community. Garrett has done a great, great job of creating a community, and you can share all that with shirts and koozies and all kinds of sick gear. As a thank you to all of you, we are offering 10%, 10% off. Just use the promo code LEO10 at checkout. Now, back to my favorite part. Seth, I don't know if it's your favorite part. I don't know if it's the listener's favorite part, but it's certainly my favorite part. Brando's Randos. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Have you been to the big house? No. Do you have any desire to go to the big house? So wife and I did a list this weekend. We said Ooh. what, what, uh, because the release of the Washington and Oregon games coming up, yeah. those are two places sure, I want to sure, go sure, to sure. regardless of football yep. or not. Um, came up with the list. I did the list myself. Um, and some of them were places I'd already been to like, you know, that's Ball kind of State awesome. Or... I didn't know you did this. Mm-hmm. I teed this question up. Um, not on there is Michigan not on there for me either. Don't care. I have, um, oh shoot. That's the wrong list, but just off the top of my head, like Virginia tech that I went to this year, that was one of the ones that was on the bucket list for sure. Um, I want to go see Tennessee. I want to see Iowa, Washington, Oregon. I'm a Boise state fan. So I'd love to see something out of the blue turf. 
Colorado, uh, anything in the Rocky Mountains, BYU, Utah, just have amazing stadiums in the mountains, which is so cool. Utah would be insane. Yes. Uh, BYU is actually, I shouldn't, I'll start a Mormon holy war here, but BYU is the better setting. Uh, Utah has the better stadium. Um, But uh, Florida, Georgia, West Virginia, Penn State, Notre Dame. Those are the list. That's the list. Notre Dame, the stadium is awesome. The tailgating is terrible. Yeah, Um, it's one of those things where it's like your kid from North Indiana, you have to go at least one time, right? Exactly. Um, So, yeah, I agree with you. Not on my list. I I don't have a comprehensive list as you do, uh, but I agree. Like, I, if I don't go to a game at the big house, I don't really care. I don't really care. I mean, we've we've said it before, but the, the, the thing we've always heard is the quietest 110,000 people in one place at one time. Uh, I'm podcasting with them later. Should I, should I say that? I, I mean, their success like speaks for themselves. So it's not even like, it's like, okay, so if we can beat the tires off you and we're quiet at the same time. Oh, well, like it's, it's one of those things that really doesn't have any teeth as an insult though. That's my fear. Uh, that probably won't do it. You know, that's not how I podcast. With I other people's. I was okay. But you can pull that <laughs> off better than I can. <laughs> Uh, all right, so um, let's go back talking to JJ because I'm obsessed with quarterbacks. He is currently rated the eighth best quarterback. He is sandwiched in between Riley Leonard um, and Spencer Rattler. Um, in my opinion, we're going to get another season of JJ. I, I, I think I think if he can come off a playoff or national championship and, and you know, this season was more about their defense and more about Blake Corum. If they could come back and make next season about JJ McCarthy, um, I think that would do a lot better for him. What do you think? Yeah. Um, so I there was about 10 years there where I used to think that I knew what the NFL looked for in a quarterback, where I was like, oh, it's the Andrew Lux of the world. Give me a six, four, six, five, 230 pound guy. And you'd be like, oh, okay, so Drew Aller or Aller, whatever. Damn, now I'm yeah. saying it wrong on accident. <laughs> I said it wrong on purpose for so long. I can't even say it right. Um, you know, but it's that prototypical pocket passer guy. That 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 it's it's Aller. It's not Alar. <laughs> yeah, uh, but the Peyton Manning, that statuesque quarterback. That that I think is what we expected for so long. And now because of, you know, there's no body type anymore. The Lamar Jackson, the CJ Strouds. You know, it's like how do you compare all these different body types? How does the the advent of kind of the the running game, the RPO game from the, you know, kind of the non-traditional passing game. Um, you know, so it's really hard. My take on JJ McCarthy is once he becomes an NFL quarterback, his legs become meaningless. And yep. then it's the question becomes of, is he a pocket passer? I don't know. You see him throwing on the run a lot. Yeah. And he does a great job of throwing on the run. Again, none of this is, is, is any kind of, you know, slam against him. Um, but the whole point is, is he has to be a pocket passer in order to be an effective NFL quarterback for his skill set. I haven't seen it to be an elite level. Will he make an NFL roster? Of course he will. They always make an NFL roster. Uh, what Navarre was on a roster for like 10 to 12 years for Christ's sake. Um, like they always end up in the NFL. I just don't know if he's going to be a starter. I'm sure he'll, he'll get every opportunity to. Um, I just, I just don't know what they're looking for anymore. Yeah, no, that's 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 spot on. I mean, he's what it, 6'3", 197? Is that what we said? Yep. Is that is that what they're looking for? I don't know. <laughs> if if you would have said he was 6'3", 225, like, oh yeah, absolutely makes sense. Totally, totally. Yeah, no. It, it, again, um, they have him dra- getting drafted in 
the third round. They have right now they have a third round quarterback. And I can't argue against it either. There, there's nothing that says, oh yeah, I but I don't know. I don't know what they're they give him. They give so again, it's interesting. His best asset is medium passing. Sure. Yeah, I can see that. So if if you go to him, and this is on NFL Draft Buzz, it's a site I like a lot. He it it he grades out good at everything, great at nothing, and bad at nothing. That's He's, what I probably would say. And he, I'd say his best is his sideline route. He or his sideline balls. He throws great yeah. balls right on the line. I love great balls. <laughs> um. All right, I got two fun questions that have okay. nothing to do with football. Um. It wouldn't be Brandos Randos if we didn't have these. Ann Arbor is to Michigan. As what is the Indiana? Oh, this isn't fair. Uh, the answer is Bloomington. Um, it's the forgotten college town. Whenever people say, hey, give me the like 10 biggest towns in Indiana, everybody forgets Bloomington. And I don't even know if it's a top 10 size wise. Sure, sure, no, no, like, I get you. I get you. But um, but nobody's ever like, hey, I'm going to Michigan. Where are you going? Nobody yeah. like, like yes. Yeah. Nobody's like oh Ann Arbor. No, they're always like yeah. yeah I always feel so Traverse City, right? Or Grand Rapids, exactly. Or, yeah, or or somewhere in the north, well, southwestern shores. You know that area. Mm-hmm. So yeah, New yeah. Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Thank yeah, you. Yeah. I couldn't think of it for a second. Yeah, yeah no. or or even uh, the place up Petoskey up north. Now that's always has the signs on the highway. Yep. No, I, I I agree with you. I just wanted you to say it because because uh, I agree. It's they are so similar. It's crazy. All right. Um. This 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 one might get some backlash. You know, I always have a question or two that's a little iffy. Um. So here's my iffy question: Which Big Ten school has the most East Coast kids, and you can't choose Penn State or Maryland or Rutgers or Rutgers? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, from my experience, it was IU. When I went down to Bloomington to party, I would see kids from Maryland all the time. I don't know if it was just like my friends. It was it was there was an entire apartment complex. Smallwood was just New Jersey. At least when I was I was it's been 12 years. So yeah, times they could be a change in. I just I just remember when like everyone at Purdue was like either foreign. I don't mean that in a, in a bad way, but just in my dorm, it was like a bunch of yeah. kids, like a bunch of like the Southeast Asian kids, a bunch of the Indian kids. And then it was a bunch of guys from small towns in Indiana. Like <laughs> that was it. And then when I went down to Bloomington, it was just like these group of people from New York, these people from New Jersey, these people from Virginia or from like the, what is it? The DMV area of, of metropolitan uh, DC. Yeah. Like, like every single person I met that wasn't like a local person that I knew seemed to be from the East coast. In my opinion, IU was made up of three kinds, and I was none of these. Um, but it was Chicago suburbs, Carmel, mm-hmm. or East Coast. I I was at the the Little Five a couple of years ago, and the amount when they they list thirty three teams and was it four or five writers from every school from every team. So it's about yeah. 120, 130 people. I would say at least half of them were. I'd say more than that. Probably three quarters of them were from Noblesville, Fishers, Zionsville, or Carmel. Yeah, we love our cycling. Someone <laughs> who's, who's who's in the industry. Um, all right, want to get to quick Brandon's bets? I don't have a lot here because honestly, I'd say stay away from this game mm-hmm. um, personally. But I have I have two bets here. Tell me if you are fading or tailing. One thing that I love, I've been crushing it in both. It's the first year I've ever done this. Um, is 
doing a same game parlay and teasing better, like not choosing the spread, just the spread, or not just choosing the over under, but combining them and getting a better number. Mm-hmm. So the one I have for this game is IU plus 37 under 47 that pays out a plus 100. Is the over under that scares you? Yes. Yeah. Um, you can go up to 48 and get it at minus 110. You want to buy another point. Yeah. So I think Michigan's offense is really clicking right now. You've seen the points increase week over week. Yeah. They are now up to 52, and that's on a road, you know, back to back road games are what, 45 and 52. Um, IU is a better defense than Nebraska and Minnesota. Granted. Because I think it's going to be similar to the Rutgers game. I think us, I think IU and Rutgers are similar. Now that was a month ago. But I I I, I think IU um and, and Rutgers are similar. I, I see that game going similarly. I do. So or this game what, going similarly. I don't want to throw off our predictions that are coming up here too much, but but what I would guess is we are getting the best version of IU's offense on Saturday, the most imaginative version that we'll have seen through what, what is it? Six. This will be the sixth game. Yeah. Um, I fully expect them kind of coordinating, not for their lives, but to, to show off, you know, a little bit of a, here's my personality. Here's a little splash. Here's a little dash. Here's a little splash. fire and spice. Um, so that's what I would expect. I would expect where they get a little bit of, a little boost. What what is it? Bragg says it for uh for foot uh for soccer coaches. They they call it like a new manager boost, where like you get a new new coach, you get an extra like yeah, you're guaranteed a goal, you know, like the next week out. Um, so that's what I think. I would expect IU to score a little bit more. Um, that we'd probably peg them for, so maybe close for the thirteen to seventeen rather than the seven to ten. Um, but I think that that Notre Dame's off, or sorry, Notre Dame, Michigan's offense is is really hitting on all strides, and will be able to pick their, you know, kind of their number, pick their poison. Yeah, gotcha. Well, do you want the, do you want my home run bet? I can't believe this. Mm-hmm. Here's another bet that I've just been absolutely hammering, and it is both teams to score X amount of points. Yes, I've been doing this as well. This is a great one. Both teams to score 10 points mm-hmm. plus 110. Yep. I'm on it. Plus 110. Are you kidding me? I again, not to spoil predictions we're gonna do next here. Um, to me, that's worth a little bit of a plus money sprinkle. That's worth a 10 or 20 dollar bet. Um, for both teams to score score 10 points. You know, Michigan is. You know, Michigan it is. Vegas obviously doesn't think IU's gonna do it. And you just need two scores in four quarters. So um, I te- I teased this earlier, but my bet prediction is whatever, if the score is lopsided in the first half, let's hypothetically speaking here, like 31-7, yeah. bet sure. Michigan under in the second half. They will just take the ball out. They'll score 14 points, 17 points, nothing higher than that. They will make it just a non-uneventful second half. Sure. If it is marginally close, let's say 17-7, where their offense just is a little bit funky, bet the over on the second half because they will try to prove that their offense is back in rhythm in the second half so they can have a, a leapfrog into the next week. Okay. Um, so that is my either-or fulcrum bet. 
So I'm I'm alternate. Do you like IU plus 37? Yes or no? That's right on my number. Um I like it. Okay. Okay. It's actually you under like- my number. I sorry, I had to look I had to double check my number. It's under my number. So then do you like Hold on. I'm doing I'm this is great podcasting. I'm doing I'm doing this. I'm literally doing math as so you think that it's going to be more points. So do you how about this then? Cuz I'm I'm willing to I'm willing to give a what about IU plus 37 and over 41 points? It's the same bet. Yes. It, it pays out the exact same. Uh-huh. IU plus 37 over 41 points. There we go. That's the bet. Okay. I'll sign on to that. Cool. All right. Let's get the predictions. We've, we've been skirting around it enough. Um, I'll go first. Actually, okay. I'll, go do Bra- I'll go. I'll do Braggs first. He's keeping his the same 34-17. I think it's a little bit more one way and a little bit more the other way. I have a 37-6. to six. Um, I think... Up. I think it's valuable to put our scores for this game. You had before the season started. Yeah. You 34-17. Me 34-17. No, sorry, you were 38-17. Bragg 34-17. Me 34-17. So before the season started, we all had very, very similar scores. Yeah, I, I think I think this offense is worse. And I think they're about the same. I think our defense is what we expected. So I, I'm, I need to see it from our offense, um, and I haven't seen it. <laughs> I mean, let's look at the Akron game, the first half of Maryland, um, and 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 I think that's the offense needs to prove it. So thirty-seven to six is what I got. What do you got? So I was looking at some of the past scores, and they've kind of played down to some of IU's teams in the past. Yeah. And so I've kind of foreshadowed this a little bit before. I think the offense has kind of a 13 or 17 point game. Um, Again, that's not a huge number, I understand, but that's an improvement over what it has been. And I think you see the signs of an offense that can build a little bit of an identity uh, for the last six games. So I will put that number optimistically at 17. um, And I will pick, I will say that the, uh, the Michigan kicks a lot of field goals and, uh, Let's put it at 40. So I'll put it at 40 to 17. Dang, 57 points. Yeah, it's a lot. That's a lot. All right, so we'll see. Um, I have won the last two predictions. So um, I've been awful. You've been atrocious. (laughs) God awful. Um, I've somehow been like the most optimistic on here, too. Bounce, bounce back, bounce, bounce yeah. back week. I think we say that's say your score one more time. Oh, shoot. Uh, 40 to 17, 40 to 17. That is a 23 point loss. That's a win. Mm-hmm. 17 points against this team. That's a win. Um, 40 is about right. I, I, I think, I think this, I think they score between 35 and 40 points, which is where I landed on 37. Um, so I think, I think you're spot on. I think you're optimistic on the, on the offense. I hope so. I hope so. Um, final statements. Um, this game was always going to be a loss. 
Yeah. I don't I don't think there's anything to take away on the scoreboard. Watch the game and what goes on. How does Andre Carter look? How does our offense look? Um that those are way more important than what whatever the score is in this game. That's my final statement. Um, because this game needs to be treated like a warm-up game, which sounds insane when you're gonna get blown out, but it this need this needs to be playbook in place, players in place, a run through for Rutgers. Because next week, homecoming is must win. It is a hundred percent must win. This game means zilch it means nothing get your mind right get your body right i don't think you could have said any better i think this is a game where you want to see the science to put the screws to Rutgers next week they have not they they kind of proved themselves the last couple weeks here to be less of a (laughs) juggernaut than we anticipated uh well let me say that well back to the juggernaut we anticipated i guess um so i don't really anticipate i think this is a game where you really need to build that blueprint build the confidence and really say hey you know rod carey show us how to how to how to go down the field show us how to score points so that we go to we go into the game against Rutgers we can look back and say this is what we did effectively against a really good team so imagine what we can do against these guys um so I think you're absolutely right what you want to look for is attitude you want to look look in the eyes of the players see if their hearts in it see if their minds in it make sure they're lined up in the right places you don't want to see those blown covers you don't want to see blown assignments you want to see sound football so that even if they're losing you can at least say at least, uh, you know, the holes aren't gigantic. They're not missing tackles all over the place. You want it to be because they're a better team because, damn it, it's a bunch of four stars and five stars versus a bunch of th- twos, threes, and fours. So on paper, that's not where the game is played, but on paper, you know, yeah, you're right. You're not expected to win, uh, but you want to yeah. show up. This you is more fight. about IU than this has ever been about Michigan. Absolutely. It was that way in the summer. It was that way when the schedule came out. Um we begged for change. Here it is. Let us rejoice in it. Exactly. Exactly. Speaking of rejoice, check out our pod on Twitter, Instagram, and threads at podcast LEO. And make sure to follow our new part, our not so new partner, uh, Big Banter Sports, for all their latest updates. Guys, they put out so much content. Um, as they should. They have 24 podcasts to so the uh, basketball to stuff started coming out now. It's like, oh god, it is going to be a lot. So if you are a Big Ten nut, just like all of us, make sure you follow at Big Banter Sports for all the latest updates involving our podcast, as well as all the other top notch pods. Um, check out me. I will be on Michigan's podcast. Hail Nation. Um or Live Nation. I, I don't even know what I'm going to be on. I'm oh, supposed God. To be on in 10 oh, minutes. No. Um, check out their pod. I'll be on there previewing the game. Um, I'm, that is always fun. Uh, so I'm going to make sure to check that out. Uh, guys, download, follow, rate. You know what to do. Thank you all for listening. Uh, as always, love you guys. Elio. Elio. He said it.